0: There are considered to be five hindrances, both to our meditative practice and to our daily lives. Having these hindrances clearly defined will aid in recognition of them, and recognising these obstacles is the first step toward disassociating ourselves from them and their negative influence. In today's podcast, I'm going to tell you about these five hindrances and why they are responsible for all of the suffering in your life at least according to Buddhist tradition and contemporary mindfulness meditation. My name is Lewis, and you are listening to Budo, The Martial Way. In the same manner in which we would diagnose a physical illness, we must clearly identify the negative mental factors which hinder our progress so that we may then apply the remedy of affirmative thinking, allowing ourselves to move beyond such obstacles. One of the most fundamental practices in meditation is that of centering our mind consciously on the posture and our breathing This repetition strengthens the skill of mindfulness and concentration, focusing our conscious awareness and allowing us to ease our mind's wandering nature. Once some mastery of our concentration has been achieved, the next step is to extend the scope of awareness to the five external senses before eventually including the sixth sense, thought itself. When first observing thought, we should do so with the same impartial clarity with which we attempt to regard our five external senses, with complete balance and equanimity. This is very important, as we naturally have the tendency to associate and identify ourselves with our thoughts, which are a critical component in the construction of our ego. Doing this clouds our judgment of the manifested thought and does not allow us to witness it truthfully with an unbiased view. Once we are practiced in plainly observing our passing thoughts without any attachment, we may begin to notice that they simply arise and disappear in their own time, seemingly without any input from ourselves. Only when we associate ourselves directly with our emotions do they continue to persist. So as we sit and as we witness our thoughts in quiet, dispassionate observation, what is it that we see? The first of the five hindrances is desire. It is said that all suffering is born from desire. One of the fundamental teachings of the Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama, is based on the principles of how we are driven in all our actions by desire. Desire is a topic, the scope of which is far too great for me to delve into comprehensively here, but simply as a concept, I feel it does not require much explanation. We all understand the basis of how desire works as a motivational force within ourselves. When speaking of desire, we often talk about the grasping mentality of wanting and craving for things and experiences, but we should also remember that the rejecting mind is also a form of desire. When we want something to be other than that which it is, we experience desire, desire for change, and it is then we suffer. Of course, that's not to say that wanting anything is entirely wrong and should be completely dismissed, but the nature in which we experience desire should be studied closely. Desire for sensory pleasure should be proportional and not overindulged in, as it serves little to no benefit to the individual beyond that of immediate gratification, and certainly no benefit to the whole. To satisfy our cravings and indulge our senses is certainly pleasurable, but pleasure is of fleeting value. True happiness can only be discovered within. The gratification found from satisfying our desire for pleasure is inherently temporary. Recognize the feeling of desire when it arises. If we do not associate ourselves with the new emotion, we may prevent it from controlling our thoughts and actions. The second hindrance is anger. Anger is a more acute sense of rejection. But even the more subtle feelings of aversion or annoyance can also be recognized under the same distinction as anger. Anger is an especially persuasive emotion as we often feel the most immediately justified in experiencing it as a response. If we believe we have been wronged in some way, we can quickly imagine a narrative in which we are the victim of the situation. Consequently, we then believe ourselves to be vindicated on our feelings of entitlement and any negative reaction we may provide. It could be said that anger is a gift foremost to yourself. When we experience anger, consider how often the person or thing to which our anger is directed may be scarcely aware of our feelings, or sometimes not at all. If this were the case, you'd be the only person left to enjoy the experience. And even with all the justification in the world, anger remains to be an insidious emotion which will almost certainly leave us off worse than had we not indulged in it at all. So remain vigilant and recognize anger clearly when it arises. Another hindrance to consider is laziness. The sixth of the eightfold path is right effort. Laziness could be referred to as a lack of effort feelings of sloth can manifest within the mind as an aversion to effort as a desire for relaxation and the inclination to take the path of least resistance whereas the body reflects laziness in the feelings of sluggishness this sensation of lethargy is a significant experience not to be dismissed lightly Yet, however real the effects of fatigue may feel, we must remember not to become the experience. Effort should be made to maintain our directing mind as a reliable center of judgment. Procrastination is another factor of laziness. When the mind intends to apply effort, but the body feels unwilling, procrastination becomes an indecisive act of hesitation in which we redirect our efforts toward inaction. Rather than associating ourselves with the feelings and causes of laziness, if we instead simply recognize the emotion when it arises with impartial clarity, we may then find ourselves not so overcome by the physical persuasion of idleness. The next hindrance to contemplate is restlessness. I have heard restlessness described as the application of too much effort. However, I believe it could be argued that one cannot apply too much effort if it is implemented in the correct manner. I prefer to think of restlessness as the misapplication of effort. As our mind wanders, we can begin to feel agitated and distracted when it becomes lost in worry of the future or filled with regrets over the past events. Learning from past experiences is beneficial, but lingering feelings of remorse often have no merit and will only be psychologically damaging to the individual. Contemplating potential future events and interactions also has its advantages in preparation and planning, but again, we should be cautioned against losing ourselves in anxiety and unproductive nervousness. As with all hindrances, recognition leads to mindfulness. At the moment of realization that our mind has been lost in restless thoughts, we will have consciously separated ourselves from the experience. Practice this well and through repetition, we may extend the gap between ourselves and our feelings. The final hindrance is that of doubt. This feeling of uncertainty and lack of conviction can single-handedly stop our progress dead in its tracks. The crippling nature of doubt can often be experienced as a lack of faith in either our abilities or our knowledge, leading us toward thoughts of reluctance and trepidation. This psychological barrier will in turn lead to physical obstacles as our doubt firmly redirects our actions and causes us to take preference in the easy option. Once again, the path of least resistance, the downhill road. Much like anger, it is very easy to feel a sense of justification within doubt. It can disguise itself as critical thinking and fool us into rationalizing any evasive or uncertain action we take based on self degrading logic. However, in the same way that we must assess the value of our restless thoughts, so too must we be analytical of our doubt and logically decide for ourselves whether these feelings of apprehension are well-founded or in fact merely the insipid nature of uncertainty. The five hindrances, desire, sense pleasure, grasping, anger, aversion and annoyance, Laziness, sloth, sluggishness, procrastination. Restlessness, regret and worry. And doubt, uncertainty and reluctance. Desire, anger, laziness, restlessness, and doubt. These are the five hindrances. We must remember them well and consider them often, especially when we find ourselves heavy with emotion. We must ask ourselves at any given time, What motivates our actions? To be consciously aware of the feelings we are experiencing is the first step in disassociating ourselves from that thought. Do not forget the impermanence of all things. No matter how acutely or convincingly we may experience an emotion from one moment to another, we would be foolish to believe that it will last forever. Consider that it is within our power to disregard any and all thought at a moment's notice. How long we carry these hindrances within us is ultimately our own choice. So breathe deep, sit or stand up straight, consider your mental process, and in that practice, we will find ourselves centered consciously within ourselves. Recognition leads to mindfulness. Then, through concentration and mindfulness, we may conduct ourselves in right thought, speech, and action. With discipline, honor, and selflessness oh thank you very much, guys thank you for joining me to the end um i I feel like that I feel like that was a little bit heavy, you know like I don't want it to be I don't want to be, you know I don't want to feel like uh, I'm laying all this heavy stuff on you, you know, but it's really really useful and you know for me personally, when I learned about the five hindrances and practicing myself to recognize them clearly in my own motivations it honestly honestly it was life-changing so you know please i want to share that with you and and i really truly believe that if we consciously make ourselves aware of these five hindrances and recognize their influence on us it can make a huge difference to our lives So like I said, recognition leads to mindfulness and that's certainly the first step is just to be aware of them, just to be aware of them. But what I have actually developed is what I like to call the five interests. So I have sort of developed an antidote to these five hindrances, but I'm not gonna talk about that now. That's gonna be another podcast sometime off in the future. I will do that again soon in the next month or two. I will talk about the five interests. But next week... I will talk about arriving, arriving in this present moment at this present time and how through my own experience, I'd like to share with you my own thoughts on truly being present and arriving in this exact moment wholly, completely. But until then, I hope you're all having a great day. I hope you're all having a great week. Thank you again to everybody who's been connecting with me online. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So the best way to connect with me is on Twitter. Get on Twitter, at WayBudo. I'd love to hear from you all very soon. But until then, until next time, those on the way become the way.